addition to discussing how they plan their schedules, John and Bill talk about supporting their colleagues and why egos must be checked at the door. Do you guys find it difficult these days to, or let's say pre-COVID days, in a normal year, to balance your schedule with, I know you both teach and play in orchestras in addition to doing Hollywood you know, studio sessions. I would assume that the studio session always comes first and you can change a teaching schedule to accommodate that. How does that work with orchestras? And do you feel like you play differently when you play in an orchestra? I'll just speak really quickly for Bill because I've known Bill a long time. <laughs> and at one point, or maybe now, Bill was playing principal in Pacific and principal in the opera and principal in Pasadena. I mean, he was everywhere and recording everything uh, and teaching, I'm sure. And I, I just always marvel, like, how in the world do you keep all this straight? And then when the ballets came in town, you were doing those. I've, I've, I was always amazed by that. And uh, maybe you can, I'll fill in Tony's question with asking you, how in the world did you do all that, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I don't know. I suppose it just seemed uh, natural. Uh, you know, the freelancers uh, tend not to want to turn anything down. We never know uh, what may come of what future opportunities may come out of everything you do. And I, um, I did enjoy the teaching. I mean, I enjoyed it all. I enjoyed playing the trombone, especially. When I first moved to... Um, Los Angeles, I never thought I would play an orchestra-sized trombone again. I mean, since college. I didn't play it for 10 years, I suppose, during in the uh, Airmen of Note, and the, I was in Las Vegas almost eight years. So uh, I didn't play that instrument for like 10 years. And then it seemed to be that when I did move to Los Angeles, Miles Anderson, I met actually just before I moved to Los Angeles, I met Miles. But he uh, he recommended me for various orchestra things, and including the ballets and other orchestral uh, situations. So at that same time, I guess, sort of uh, the movies that were being recorded started to go a little bit more to the orchestral approach or orchestral sound from uh, transitioning from sort of what I would call Mancini dominated sounds, which where the trombones were, were more obviously small bore instruments and used like they had been in, uh, in big bands and commercial music. Another thing that Miles got me involved in was, uh, Miles Anderson got me involved in, was uh, a brass quintet with Don Waldrop, who uh, was a fine uh, bass trombone and uh, tuba player, doubler on tuba. That was, uh, that was a nice uh, experience, uh, too. But uh, we just, I don't know, kept a book and looked a few days ahead sometimes, <laughs> I, I can't say that I practiced enough during uh, during all those years, but being playing playing enough and playing in situations where you can hear yourself and know what you're doing uh, because you're hearing yourself uh, seemed to help. I guess it got me through those years, but I do think that uh, 
if I if I were in those years again, I would I would add in more practice on my own. <laughs> That's great. I, I I noticed that, you know, I used to say the busier I got, you know, I'd just say that practicing shows a lack of self-confidence. In reality, <laughs> you just didn't have the time to do that. But the level of accountability that that's kind of required to be a professional musician. And, and I think more even uh, when you're under the microscope of being a recording musician, um, I'm going to hear things that hopefully they don't even hear on the tape. And, but I, I can hear them certainly a slightly missed articulation or something. And, you know, going back to before having to be in the high nineties, I know that I, I've never, I seriously, and I'm not trying to, you know, butter you up for anything, Bill, but I've never heard you have a bad day. And, <laughs> and, that, and, and, and that being said, I know that you probably felt like you had many horrible days, but <laughs> nobody on the other side of the bell could tell because of uh, the level of playing. Like I said before, if I can get my level of playing so wide, and Tony used to say that to me, he said, you know, you, you need to keep pushing our, our wall of volume, push, extend how, how loud or how soft we can play way beyond so that when we're playing easily within our confines, it still has a, a vast uh, depth to it. And I, and I, I think that applies to Bill because I'm serious. I, I have not heard you in, in all the decades that we've worked together have what I would consider for myself a bad day. You know, I remember with the Pacific Symphony doing Mahler's Third and, you know, there's a huge trombone solo in there and Bill just playing it great. And after the concert, Bill being really upset because he thought he sounded or didn't play well or something like that. And it was just wonderful. I had played that a couple of times before. And the best time that I ever played it was the first time, which was at Tanglewood <laughs> when I was a junior in college. Or, <laughs> Downhill no, from there? No, I guess I was a... <laughs> I w pardon? Downhill from there? <laughs> yeah. I was a sophomore in college. By the time I was a junior, I'd already hit the other side of the, <laughs> <laughs> of the slope. Yeah, but well, John, that that's uh, that's extraordinary. Maybe I didn't have uh, a totally bad day, but I've I've had plenty of <laughs> dead bad times during those some of those days. And uh, I can I can say that sitting in front of you has has always been extraordinarily um, beautiful. The uh, oh, the level of musicianship and consistency has uh, amazed me. Thank you. There's something that's very different with uh, probably one of the, what I consider one of the biggest differences between being a recording musician and let's say being an orchestral musician is that uh, A, we don't have tenure and we have to get along. So, uh, you know, you have to be a, a, a kind person, a good person, somebody that people want to work with and, uh, you know, not just I mean, we've all heard of the orchestras that have people sat next to each other for 15 years and never speak. We would never work if we didn't get along. And and so and we're we're in it for each other, too. You know, if somebody's having trouble in, like in, in a section where, you know, if I'm playing a section and uh, like for John Williams, you know, when you do these things many times, Malcolm's just amazing and amazing and amazing. But we're all there to if he starts to get tired, I'll, I'll take this line or whatever and. Um, it's not the same as I've heard of, again, I'm not dogging orchestras, but, but it is a little bit different when you hear of guys that, you know, it's like, Hey, can you play this? And like, no, I'm on third trumpet. 
you know, <laughs> and, and being unwilling to to uh, help each other out. We're, the, the end result is it just has to get done. So if, you know, certain players kind of abuse that a little bit, they, they pass lead parts if it's too high and they pass this part if it's too soft and they, you know, and do that. But I'm telling you, it, especially the opportunity to do John Williams and sit behind Bill, like he's saying, sit in front of me. It's really amazing. You know, I, I, the only person I ever have to worry about is myself. And to have that freedom to know that if I'm playing first trumpet for, for John Williams or whoever, and knowing that the guys around me, I can trust them to, to know where, where I'm putting things and how I'm going to, or, or if, even if they don't get the first time, they will. Go. I never have to say, you know, make a correction. And that's a beautiful thing. And, and what we do, the level of playing and the level of awareness and in tune as to what's going on is there's nothing like it. You know, if I play in an orchestra sometimes, again, I sound like I'm dogging orchestras, but like, you know, certain things you hear like a really weak link somewhere and nobody's saying anything about it. And we, we don't have the weak links in, in what we're doing. So we're kind of spoiled in my opinion, to play with these great composers, with these great musicians in these great productions. And, and to have, um, one of my favorite things is that when we play something, we get to define what that is. I know the composer writes it, but you know, like when we did the, the TV show Jag, Bruce Broughton wrote the theme, Steve Bramson did most of the shows for, for 10 years. But once, once that was played, once I played it the first time, yes, Bruce wrote it, but how I played it was how that would be played if anybody in the world. And you, and you think about that. If you were the first person to play Strauss or the first person to play Mahler, you, this is the way you play Mahler. This is the way you play pictures. This is the way you play, you know, excerpts. And that's why people win auditions because they play it the way you're supposed to play it. I don't know if that's fair enough to say or not, but we get to define that stuff. And, and I think about Morris Murphy, who um, played the Star Wars until we played him in Los Angeles. Um, you know, he defined how the theme from Star Wars went. And I, I, you, you both probably know this, but the story goes that Morris's first day with the London Symphony, or, and I even hear that his first note right. was the first note in Star Wars, a high C. <laughs> and that was the first note he played in that orchestra. And 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 obviously the rest is history, you yeah. know, really define that. Well imagine if he had missed it. <laughs> 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 That'd be tough. Well, I know, I mean, in, in orchestras there are some very famous stories of especially like first flute and first oboe who hate each other because I guess because of the intonation difficulties that are present with those two instruments and where they for years would not talk to each other. I mean, in major symphonies, one, one orchestra I heard, they actually had a fist fight once on stage, you know, they, so yeah, it can't be like that in studios, you know, or else you just wouldn't work. No. Yeah. And, and if I, if I do, at least if I'm playing first and if I am hearing something, yeah, if I hear something I believe is going to be corrected, but if it's not corrected, I can just, it's egos are checked at the door. They have to be, maybe it's not with everybody, but I can say, you know, it's, you're playing that a little long. Let's go off, blah blah blah, and and we'll go on. You know, it's I don't have to complain or anything. It's uh, it's really really excellent. Yeah, yeah. And generally, there's uh, like you say, there's there's nothing has to be said because the next time 
everybody is aware enough of their own playing and fitting into the overall fabric of the music that that they just they just go there. I uh, try to indicate to uh, students that that whatever they're playing, uh, they need to give a character, and it's like a, it's like assuming a role of uh, of a character in a novel or in a movie. So it's not just in the style of it's not just in the style that's appropriate for the uh, music that's being performed, but it's it's something a little beyond that that to to impart an overall feeling and character to the fullest extent that that uh, one is able to well thank you so much for tonight this is or for this afternoon for you guys uh (laughs) this has been great it's really been fun and i learned a lot about studio playing so thank you very much thank you tony thank you tony always a pleasure